0: Hello, thanks for checking out the KZMC podcast. My name is April Zaire and I'm an associate pastor at KZMC. This podcast is a recording of sermon teachings from our 9.30am Sunday morning worship gatherings. We release a new episode every Tuesday. If you're looking to check out our Sunday mornings, you can find our live stream over on our YouTube channel on Kingsfield Zurich Mennonite Church. We'd also love to have you join us in person. You can find out all the details about our Sunday mornings on our website, kzmc.ca. Thanks for listening, and have a great day. Yesterday, I told myself that I couldn't believe that Christmas was two weeks away. And this morning, I woke up, snow covered everything. I come to the lobby, just decor here, The core here. We sing wonderful Christmas songs this morning. Advent message, I I can't believe it's not, two weeks away. (laughs) Uh, Thank you, Dorothy, for reading the Christmas story to us today from the book of Matthew. And thank you, Diane, for reminding us Luke's version of this. My goal today is to tell more than the Christmas story. My goal today is to tell the story behind the story, how God enlisted a person to help him, and then he sustained him with confirmation, encouragement, protection, provision, ongoing specific guidance, and personal attention and care. And this person I'm talking about is Joseph. The story which we just heard about is that Joseph was pledged to be married, and of course he was tending to have a family. We knew that he had a trade, carpentry, and he had a means to support his wife and family. Joseph was prepared and ready and then a bombshell piece of information threatened to disrupt Joseph's plan. This passage says that Mary was found to be pregnant. And Joseph knew with 100% assurity that he was not a father of this unborn child. What was going through Joseph's heart and mind? Hurt? Betrayal? Rejection? Did he ask? How could Mary give herself away to another man? And what did Mary find wrong with me? We can speculate on how Joseph found out about this devastating news. Did Joseph see a baby bump and then ask? Or did Mary tell Joseph, but not tell the backstory? How could a reasonable man believe the impossible story that a virgin can become pregnant? Or did Mary just tell Joseph everything and let the, as, as the story happened and just let the chips fall where they may? With Joseph's knowledge of the pregnancy that he was not the cause of, Mary had a legitimate concern that Joseph could and would reject Mary and the baby. And with Joseph leaving, this would deny Mary of her desperately heightened need for support and provision and love and care and protection during this time of pregnancy. With Joseph gone, also would be gone would be the shield that the marriage would guard Mary from the public, uh, coming public disgrace, and judgment for her from the community, of being an unwed mother and the appearance of being an adulterer. If Mary was worried, we could say that'd be understandable, especially especially since she did not she did not have access to the podcast or video of last week's message from Frank Struth, the wonderful sermon on uh, on where he preached about worrying and how worrying is a warning light that we're not trusting God and we're not giving the situation over to him if Mary was indeed trusting God in the situation it would have been Mary's only hope because the scripture the scripture tells us that Joseph was considering to divorce and end the pledge to be married quietly we all know we all know about the Christmas story inside and out and we all know how it turned out God showed up and spoke to Joseph, and we have it there. And just a warning: I gave, I gave, my submitted my PowerPoint presentation to the church on Thursday, and I made some alterations. As if um, Warren's job isn't hard enough to follow what I'm saying, I had threw that loop in there. So it's it's on me, not him, if something doesn't go right. Let me read this. After he considered this, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in the dream and said, "Joseph, son of David." Do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save the people from their sins. Allow me to paraphrase, because you can't do anything about it anyway. Uh, God said to Joseph, do not end your plans to be married, and here are some reasons why. First, Mary did not betray you, and she did not sleep with another man. She has been completely faithful to you, as she has been faithful to me. Mary had conceived by the Holy Spirit, and not a man. And as crazy as it sounds, that both these ideas can be true, Joseph, Mary is pregnant, and she's still a virgin. Second, Mary will give birth to a son, and you will give him the name Jesus, which literally means, the Lord saves and the third point, God's pointed out, Joseph, this Jesus, who is my son, will save people from their sins. Now, Joseph, you know the context, I'm adding here. Joseph, you know the context and, and foundation to the story. You know, that the law and the pro- you know the law and prophets. And you know that mankind walked away from me. And even though I provided a way back for them to come back to me through the law, and even though I sent prophets continually to invite people back to me, And you know, Joseph, that I begged and pleaded for the people to come back. And still, the people did not come back. And after 400 years of silence and seemingly inaction, Joseph, I am taking action. I am moving in a new direction. And this moving new direction starts here and right now. If my people will not come back to me, I decided I'm coming to them. I'm sending my son, Jesus, And Mary, your pledged wife, is carrying my son Jesus in her womb. And here's the point of what I'm speaking to you about in this dream, Joseph. I'm enlisting you to help out with this plan. I need you, Joseph, to take Mary home to be your faithful wife, because she has been faithful to you. I'm enlisting your help to help me out in this new plan. I need you to take her home, provide for her, protect her, and raise Jesus as your own. What do you say, Joseph? What will you do? And we know in verse 24, Joseph says yes. Joseph married Mary, pun intended, took her home and gave birth to a son, and they called him Jesus. As far as the biblical story goes, we have all heard it before, multiple times each year, each and every year, this This Christmas story is referred to as the greatest story ever told and it's the foundation to our faith. And we are saturated in the biblical Christmas story and we all know how this all plays out. But Joseph didn't. Joseph knows that God spoke to him in the dream, invited him and listed him in his plan to bring Jesus into this world with the purpose to save people from their sins. But Joseph did not know what was coming next. Joseph Joseph was likely willing and excited to be part of what God was doing, but he has also likely had questions, reasonable questions. And I'm basing this assumption on on if God invited and enlisted me to help fulfill his plan, and these are the questions that I would be asking. And here they are. Just give me a second. The questions I would ask God was, Am I smart enough to figure out what, 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 am I smart enough to figure out what's com- what, <laughs> Am I smart enough to figure out what's coming along as they come along? Do I have the courage to do what I need to do? Because in the past, sometimes I have not had the courage to do the things that I need to do. Do I have the endurance to follow through what needs to be done? Do I have the skill sets to do what needs to be done? Do I have the means and resources to do what needs to be done? And will I ever wonder if I ever heard God right in the first place? Because sometimes I do not listen too well. My wife will confirm that. <laughs> will you, would you ask some of these questions or all these questions if, if God presented you with the challenge of, of listening to you? And would not Joseph ask some or all of these questions too? Or to put another way, is this enlistment in helping God with his plan What exactly am I responsible for, and what exactly is God responsible for? What has been left up for me to do? That is a frightening thought for me. Because if the outcome solely or mostly depends on me, I don't even know if I'm even up to par to be merely adequate. Did Joseph have similar concerns and fears about himself? And maybe that's why God started off with his message to Joseph with the words, Do not be afraid. Was there concern about being outmatched and overwhelmed by what was to come? Bottom line, I'm going to use a flimsy metaphor of being invited to help being part of a moving crew, of people packing up and moving household items to a truck. Did Joseph ask a similar question? If God is asking me to help him move, how much responsibility is on me? And ultimately, will God be there to pick up his end of the couch? That's that's why I'm telling the message there. I think this is a legitimate question for Joseph to ask, and I think for also for others who have been listed into what God has called them to do. We have to answer the question. We have an answer to this question as we read chapter 2 in Matthew. I'll be putting some of the uh, Matthew 2 up on the slides there in PowerPoint, but you're all invited to follow along in your own Bibles. Yes, God lifted his end of the couch So to speak as Matthew presented how God sustained Joseph with confirmation with encouragement with protection provision ongoing Pacific guidance and personal attention and care after Matthew's enlistment Joseph was not left on his own to do all the work and Joseph Joseph was not overwhelmed overmatched God sustained Joseph so let us shift gears. Let's fast forward ourselves ahead two years of Joseph's dream. Chapter 2 picks up where the story about a year, after, a year or so after Jesus' birth, when all the hoopla that was, that was behind them now of, of Jesus' birth, but the no room at the inn, the stable, the shepherds, the angels, that's all behind. Life would have settled down to a routine of family life with the baby. Parents, we can all easily recall this time of life, of new parenthood, with life revolving around the needs of the baby, accompanied by the chronic lack of sleep, diaper changes, and to do whatever it takes to keep this baby alive and healthy. Joseph and Mary must have been saturated in baby fatigue. God personally speaking to Joseph in a dream would likely never be forgotten, but it would likely be now seen in the haze of this baby fatigue as that memory is fading to distance from mom behind Replacing that memory would be ongoing new life experiences, and as we know, because we had four baby boys ourselves, while changing a diaper of a baby boy, one may be subjected to a live stream. <laughs> in a far different nature than the type of live stream that the people at home are watching this today. Believe me, if this happens to you while you're changing a diaper, you're in trouble, and wet. Because, pun there's. There you go. In this imagined scenario, Joseph would be desperate to need, would be in a desperate need of a towel, and after handing off baby Jesus to Mary to look for one, they might have heard a knock at the door. And answering that knock, they would open the door, and there standing in front of them would be three men. And these three men would look like they traveled from afar. We know this part of the Christian story, don't we? And in verse 2 of chapter 2, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi came from the east and asked, Where is the one who was born the king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. And when they saw the star, in verse 10, they were overjoyed. Coming over to their house, they saw the child and his mother, Mary. They bowed down and worshipped him. They opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. These men, the Magi, also referred to as the wise men, literally traveled across the continent, following the star provided by God, with a purpose, again, provided to them by God. These men knew that Jesus was not an ordinary baby, that he was a king of of heavenly nature, They had brought gifts, and these gifts were traditional gifts of a newly installed king. And it's also mentioned in another place in the Bible of bringing frankincense and gold. And there's other uh, events in history when, when kings were installed, people brought them gold, frankincense, and myrrh. If Joseph and Mary were indeed beginning to be worn down by baby fatigue, and with possible arising doubts and answering questions, God had provided them with these three men at their front door, confirming what God had previously told Joseph in that dream, that Jesus was not just an eating and pooping machine, he was indeed the Son of God. This visit must have been a tremendous boost of encouragement for both Joseph and Mary. Remember, we all know who Jesus is today, but at that time, literally only a handful of people knew who Jesus was and his mission, that that, that he was the Messiah, the King, and he was there on a mission to save people from their sins. With God leading these men right to Joseph and Mary's front doorstep, God provided and sustained Mary and Joseph with confirmation and encouragement. Yes, Had had said through their visit, God said to them, my plan is still in place. God said to them, I got this end of the couch. You are not alone. You have not been forgotten. And you are not lost in your baby fatigue. And there is more. God speaks again, this time to the Magi in a dream. And verse 12. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their own country by another route. Backing up a bit, when the Magi first arrived in Jerusalem, they created quite a stir. This is the one in Scripture. I've got the verse here. Where is the one? They said that's been born the King of the Jews. We saw his star when it rose, and we came to worship him. Then King heard about this. He was disturbed, and all of Jerusalem with him. If you allow me to paraphrase again, when the magi showed up in Jerusalem and asked to see the king, Herod said, "Here am I." And they said, "No." We don't want you. We're here to see the real king, and we know this real king is a baby. This answer was disturbing and upsetting to both Herod and to the people of Israel. We know the Christian story, and we know Herod's intentions. Herod called a secret meeting with the Magi, red flag, and asked the Magi to report back to him where this baby was, again, red flag. We know that Herod wanted to assassinate any potential rival, but the Magi did not know this. When the Magi, if the Magi went back to Herod and reported where Jesus was—the region, the town, the street, the house, the names of the parents—with descriptions, then the baby that they crossed the continent to see and to worship would be assassinated, unknowingly, with the knowledge, with their knowledge of his exact location. Verse 12: Having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod they returned to their country by another route. God protected Jesus with this dream, and he also protected the Magi. Knowing Herod's reputation, as we do, if the Magi returned through Jerusalem and then they were detained for questioning, we could not put it past Herod to torture them for that information or possibly kill one or two of them to to motivate the remaining person to give up the information of where Jesus was. So to sum up briefly so far, God sustained Joseph with confirmation of, of who Jesus was and his mission, brought tremendous amount of encouragement and provided protection for harm for the whole family. And I say the whole family because would Herod risk with, in his mind that with Joseph and Mary could possibly produce another baby who could be a potential rival? They were likely all in danger, and God sustained Joseph and Mary in their listed role of fulfilling God's plan. Not to be done with this, around the same time and consecutively, God speaks to Joseph again. The angel was busy at work during the night shift. (laughs) When the Magi were gone, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child and kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night, and left for Egypt. God told Joseph to take his family and go. Leave. Immediately, there's imminent danger. Herod, God said, is going to search for Jesus and try to kill him. Look at the details of the instructions. If God had only said, okay, Joseph, Get up and go without saying where Joseph mightn't. Got up and went to his neighbor's house next door, or to his friend's house down the street, or to an inn on the other side of town, or went to another village in the region. If so, we know about the coming genocide for the baby boys under two years of age. They're coming to that whole region, and we know that Jesus' life would still be in jeopardy. But God was specific. He said, "Go to Egypt." get completely out of the area of Israel. And God also tells Joseph to stay in Israel until God speaks again. This, to me, is amazing for two reasons. First, Joseph did not need to guess when to come back when it was safe. He didn't have to worry about being away, coming back too early, and he didn't have to worry about staying too long. It was not up to Joseph to decide when. God took care of this with his instructions and gave them a peace of mind. And second, Joseph had a promise that God would speak to him again. I would love that promise of knowing that God would speak to me again. It was. It said to Joseph and his family that they won't be abandoned or forgotten. While they're away in Egypt, instead, God will be with him and will speak to him again. This was tremendous reassurance to Joseph. God provided and sustained Joseph with specific and, gui- and, and specific and detailed guidance. And there's more. Let's look at the passage again. We need to look carefully at the specific wording here. In order for God to speak to Joseph in his dreams, Joseph had to be sleeping. And God said to Joseph initially, get up from your sleep, and in verse 14... It says, Joseph got up, took the child and his mother during the night, and left immediately for Egypt. When most people decide to move, they take a bit more time than that. Normally, when you move from one place to another, there are many considerations and it takes time. The highest priority for anybody when they move is to retain the value of the assets of sale and apply those assets to the new place where you're going. One needs to sell one's property. To purchase the next property or to pay rent at the next property. One needs to decide which items are coming with you, which items need to be sold, given away, or thrown away. Joseph had no time for any of these considerations. They had to leave immediately. They didn't even wait to the morning light. They, to leave. they left in the dark in the middle of the night. Joseph was forced to abandon all of his assets that he could not carry and leave them behind. property, work trade tools, possessions, all potential sources of revenue to fund this journey to Egypt and lodge in Egypt and the return trip back to Israel. All assets were left behind and gone. And while I was preparing this message, I was sitting in my office at home in the evening. A vehicle drove up in our driveway and parked just outside of our house. The headlights were going into my office. I couldn't miss it. So I went to the door to see who it was, and here's this stranger guy I'd never seen before. He had three Amazon packages with him. I opened the door. The guy placed the packages at my feet in the floor. I thanked him, and he turned and left. It turns out these gifts were from Andrew and Kiana, and they were shipped across the continent And because uh, it's Charlie's birthday today. He turns 10. Back to the story. A couple days earlier from this dream, the dream from Joseph, at Joseph's house, Three guys traveled across the continent and dropped off three packages off at their front door. Those packages contained gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They were all valuable gifts of symbolism, of traditional and standard gifts to new king. But they were also valuable because each of these were a universally universally tradable commodity. God had brought provision for their upcoming journey in a just-in-time delivery 2,000 years before Amazon was invented. Joseph was now able to fund his, his journey to Egypt, the lodging in Egypt, and the return trip, and was be able to incrementally trade portions of what, of these gifts that he, they received, uh, of these valued commodities, for goods and services on their journey. I have to admit, I got chilled when I realized the timing and value of these gifts as it was sustained uh, Joseph to fulfill his enlisted mission. Do we see how God is picking up the couch in this scenario, to keep a running total, in addition to God sustaining Joseph with confirmation, encouragement, protection, specific and detailed guidance about going to Egypt and waiting for more information, and now provision of gold, frankincense, and, 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 and myrrh to sustain and, and propel their journey. But the specific guidance continues. After Herod, in verse nineteen. After Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. And he said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who are trying to take the child's life are dead. As God promised, God spoke to Joseph again in a dream. And again, he gives detailed guidance and vital information. Herod had died, and the people who were trying to kill Jesus were also dead. It was now safe to return to Israel. Nothing vague, no lack of information, no guessing no guessing or anticipation on Joseph's part is required. Again, God brought peace of mind and assurance to Joseph and his family, and so they left Egypt. Verse 21. So he got up, took the child and his mother, and went to Israel. But when he heard that, I don't know how to say this, uh, Archilelis, I don't know how to say it, you know his name, was reigning in uh, Judea, Judea at the time in the place of his father. It says Joseph was afraid to go there. Having been warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee. When Joseph heard that Herod's son was now in charge, Joseph was afraid. It'd be easy for us, and maybe even God, to be disappointed with Joseph at this time. What did Joseph have to fear? God clearly demonstrated that he has is, he is been with jo- Joseph. He had not abandoned him and he clearly provided ongoing protection for Joseph and his family. God could have blasted Joseph for this lack of faith. But God did not blast Joseph. Instead, God listened to Joseph and he heard Joseph's expressed fear and concern for his family's well-being. God appreciated Joseph's transparency and he did not reject it. In God's response, God, in, in, in God's response to what uh, Joseph said, God spoke a fourth time in a dream and directed them to go to the region of Galilee in the north and to live in the town of Nazareth. What I see here is God did not treat Joseph as a mindless robot whose only requirement was to blindly obey. Joseph Joseph Lee had already willingly complied to the enlistment in God's plan, and he had been obedient to what God was saying. But now Joseph was being honest, and he did not deny or minimize his own concerns and fears. And God responded by listening to Joseph, and he gave Joseph close attention and care and responded to his concerns and altered Joseph's course. Who would not want to serve a God like that? Can we see how beautiful it is for God to sustain Joseph in this way? And we come to the end of chapter 2. And stepping back, let's take a look at the big picture. And I know I'm repeating myself here a bit. When God enlisted Joseph to play a part in his plan, he sustained Joseph along the way with confirmation, encouragement, protection, provision, ongoing guidance, and personal attention and care. God, Joseph had his part to play in God's plan, but God clearly picked up his end of the couch over and over and over again. I know I sound like a broken record record here, but I think it's vitally important to acknowledge this. Let's take another step back and look at the bigger, even larger picture. God, through the Holy Spirit, inspired Matthew, the apostle, to write out these specific details of God's substance. In the first two chapters of the Gospel of Matthew, for all to to see. And we all know that the New Testament has been printed over 5 billion times and has been read by many, many times more than that. First, I wonder if Matthew himself, who himself was invited and enlisted into God's plan as a tax collector in his booth, being called out personally by Jesus, says, come, follow me, to be disciple and apostle for Jesus. Did Matthew have the same concerns upon enlistment that Joseph had? Did he identify with Joseph? Did God sustain Matthew with confirmation, encouragement, protection, provision, ongoing specific guidance, and personal attention and care? Is this why Matthew paid so much attention to these details as he wrote out chapter 1 and 2? And is this the same story as the other 12 disciples and apostles as well? And for the people reading this passage, including us today, has this been our story? Have you seen God sustain us? Have we seen God sustain us with His confirmation, with encouragement, protection, provision, ongoing specific guidance, and personal attention and care? Or are we looking ahead, knowing that God will continually invite us to follow Him, as that banner says over there? And um, lost my track here. <clears throat> as we continue to follow Him, and knowing that God called us to join us in His mission, to bring the news, as that banner says, to extend His kingdom in our lives, across the street and around the world. And we know that this is basically the Great Commission which the Gospels present to us. What is God stirring in our hearts and minds in a way to fulfill His mission that He has been placing before us as individuals, as families, as groups within our body? And it could be men's group, women's group, children's ministry, prayer teams, people who reach out to community and the Bean Festival groups, or whatever how God is leading us Is God calling our body to do new or different works to fulfill God's mission, to save people from the sins, to fulfill the Great Commission? If so, as I mentioned earlier, we probably have the same questions. Are we smart enough? Do we have the courage? Do we have the endurance? Do we have the skill sets? Do we have the means and resources? And when things get rough, will we ever wonder if we heard God right in the first place? Will God, after he enlists us, and we, are, and we are willing to follow him and do the work, whatever it is, will God be with us all the way? Will God do his part as we do ours? Will God, enlisting us for his plans, will God pick up his end of the couch? Matthew has the answer for us. Do we have the eyes and ears to hear and see, see this? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word we thank you for the christmas story it's bring life it's our faith it's essential to our faith but we thank you for the story behind the story about how you sustain people Lord god who follow you who are enlisted who are invited and follow you enlisted to do the work that you call us to do open our hearts and ears to hear what how you are speaking to us lord god in what we need to do to follow you to fill the great commission in our lives, down the street, and around the world. Amen. And before I step down, I just want to talk about three weeks from today. It is New Year's Day, and it's going to fall this year on a Sunday, so it means we're going to have a New Year's Sunday service. So in this service, we're going to have a service where we're going to have a time where we're going to look back and look forward. We're going to invite people in our congregation to briefly share how they see how God has moved in their lives in the past year or so, and also looking forward, how they feel God is dreaming, how God is leading, how God can lead us in the future. Please think and pray about this, because I think we all want to be encouraged and built up with what we have to share with each other on that Sunday. Please Thank you very much.